Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes the text reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 6, The Happy Dream. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 202, which is a review of Lesson 182. And in this review, we remind ourselves hourly, I'm not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Today's lesson being, I will be still a moment and go home. By way of opening this morning, I have this poem from Hafiz uh, that I just love in reference to going home. It goes like this. Awake a while. Does not have to be forever. Right now. One step upon the sky's soft skirt would be enough. Hafiz, awake a while. Just one true moment of love will last for days. Rest all your elaborate plans and tactics for knowing him, for they are all just frozen spring buds, far, so far, from summer's divine gold. Awake while. Amen. Oh, thank you. Like that. Thank you. Beautiful poem. They're always good. Thanks, guys. Your poems are wonderful. Well, so lucky find this morning. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. All right, my friends. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Fran, Lemoyne, Robin Marie, and Jessica. And Judy, I did not even think to ask if you'd like to read this morning. I can read, Lori. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Right after Jessica. And has anyone else joined us who would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Karen and Sandra. Can I put you yeah, both on the reading list? Sure. Yes. Alrighty. Okay. So, once again, we pick up Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, in Section 6 today, The Happy Dream. Prepare you not for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood the difference between truth and illusion, the atonement would have no meaning. 
holy instant, your holy relationship and the Holy Spirit's teaching and all the means by which salvation is accomplished would have no purpose. For they are all the aspects of the plan to change your dreams of fear to happy dreams from which you awaken easily to knowledge. Put yourself not in charge of this, for you cannot distinguish between advance and retreat. Some of your greatest advances you have judged as failures, and some of your deepest retreats you have evaluated as success. A friend. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, Section 6, The Happy Dream, Paragraph 41. Prepare you now for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood the difference between truth and illusion, the atonement would have no meaning. The holy instant, your holy relationship, the Holy Spirit's teaching, and all the means by which salvation is accomplished would have no purpose. For they are all but aspects of the plan to change your dreams of fear to happy dreams from which you waken easily to knowledge. Put yourself not in charge of this, for you cannot distinguish between advance and retreat. Some of your greatest advances you have judged as failures, and some of your deepest retreats you have evaluated as success. 42. Never approach the holy instant after you have tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. That is its function. Never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. On your little faith, joined with his understanding, he will build your part in the atonement and make sure that you fulfill it easily. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven nor will you use it to ascend to heaven alone. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne. Never approach the holy instant after you have tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. That is its function. Never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. On your little faith, joined with his understanding, he will build your part in the atonement and make sure that you fulfill it easily. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven. Nor will you use it to ascend to a heaven alone. Through your holy relationship, reborn and blessed in every holy instant which you do not arrange, thousands will rise to heaven with you. Can you plan for this? Or could you prepare yourselves for such a function? Yet it is possible because God wills it. Nor will he change his mind about it. 
The means and purpose both belong to him. You have accepted one, the other will be provided. A purpose such as this without the means is inconceivable. He will provide the means to anyone who shares his purpose. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Robert Marie. Through your holy relationship, reborn and blessed in every holy instant, which you do not arrange, thousands will rise to heaven with you. Can you plan for this? Or could you prepare yourselves for such a function? Yet it is possible because God wills it, nor will he change his mind about it. The means and the purpose both belong to him. You have accepted one. The other will be provided. A purpose such as this without the means is inconceivable. He will provide the means to anyone who shares his purpose. 44. Happy dreams come true, not because they are dreams, but only because they are happy. And so they must be loving. Their message is, quote, thy will be done, quote, unquote, and not, quote, I want it otherwise, unquote. The alignment of means and purpose is an undertaking impossible for you to understand. You do not even realize you have accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose as your own, and you would merely bring unholy means to its accomplishment. The little faith it needed to change the purpose is all that is required to receive the means and use them. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. <clears throat> 44. Happy dreams come true, not because they are dreams, but only because they are happy. And so they must be loving. Their message is, quote, thy will be done, and not, quote, I want it otherwise. The alignment of means and purpose is an undertaking impossible for Hello? you to... What? Hello? Okay. I'll keep going. Let me see. Where was I? The alignment of means and purpose is an undertaking impossible for you to understand. You do not even realize you have accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose as your own, and you would merely bring unholy means to its accomplishment. The little faith it needed to change the purpose is all that is required to receive the means and use them. 45. It is no dream to love your brother as yourself. Nor is your holy relationship a dream. All that remains of dreams within all that remains of dreams within it is that it is still a special relationship. Yet it is very useful to the Holy Spirit, who has 
of special function here. It will become the happy dream through which he can spread joy to thousands on thousands who believe that love is fear, not happiness. Let him fulfill the function that he gave to your relationship by accepting it for you. And nothing will be wanting that that would make of it what he would... Let me just say that again. Let him fulfill the function that he gave to your relationship by accepting it for you. And nothing will be wanting that would make of it what he would have it be. Oh, thank you, Jessica. And Judy. Okay, here we go. It is no dream to love your brother as yourself. Nor is your holy relationship a dream. All that remains of dreams within it is that it is still a special relationship. Yet it is very useful to the Holy Spirit, who has a special function here. It will become the happy dream through which he can spread joy to thousands and thousands who believe that love is fear not happiness. Let him fulfill the function that he gave to your relationship by accepting it for you, and nothing will be wanting that would make of it what he would have it be. When you feel the holiness of your relationship is threatened by anything, stop instantly and offer the Holy Spirit your willingness in spite of fear, to let him exchange this instant for the Holy One which you would rather have. He will never fail in this, but forget not that your relationship is one. And so it must be that whatever threatens the peace of one is an equal threat to the other. The power of joining and its blessing lie in the fact that it is now impossible for either of you to experience fear alone or to attempt to deal with it alone. Never believe that this is necessary or even possible. Yet just as this is impossible, so it is equally impossible that the holy instant come to either of you without the other. <laughs> and it will come to both of you at the request of either. Love this stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Uh, and Karen, if you'd like to read 46, 47, and 48, please. Thank you. 46. When you feel the holiness of your relationship is threatened by anything, stop instantly and offer the Holy Spirit your willingness, in spite of fear, to let him exchange this instant for the Holy One, which you would rather have. He will never fail in this. But forget not that your relationship is one, and so it must be 
that whatever threatens the peace of one is an equal threat to the other. The power of joining and its blessing lie in the fact that it is now impossible for either of you to experience fear alone or to attempt to deal with it alone. Never believe that this is necessary or even possible. Yet just as this is impossible, so it is equally impossible that the holy instinct come to either of you without the other. And it will come to both at the request of either. 47. Whichever is saner at the time when the threat is perceived should remember how deep is his indebtedness to the other and how much gratitude is due him and be glad that he can pay his debt by bringing happiness to both. Let him remember this and say, I desire this holy instant for myself that I may share it with my brother whom I love. It is not possible that I can have it without him or he without me. Yet it is wholly possible for us to share it now. And so I choose this instant as the one to offer to the Holy Spirit that this blessing may descend on us and keep us both in peace. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra, if you would like to read uh, the last couple sentences of 46 and also 47 and 48, please. Sure. Yet just as this is impossible, so it is equally impossible that the holy instant come to either of you without the other. And it will come to both at the request of either. 47. Whichever is saner at the time when the threat is perceived should remember how deep is his indebtedness to the other and how much gratitude is due him and be glad that he can pay his debt by bringing happiness to both. Let him remember this and say, I desire this holy instant for myself, that I may share it with my brother, whom I love. It is not not possible that I can have it without him, or he without me. Yet it is wholly possible for us to share it now. And so I choose this instant as the one to offer to the Holy Spirit that his blessing may descend on us and keep both, and keep both in peace. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, everyone who read this morning. I notice we've been joined by um, a couple new readers. And um, two is, let's see, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight paragraphs here. Um, would anyone enjoy as much as I would reading this whole piece together again? 
uh, one paragraph at a time. Yeah, totally. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's all it's all one piece, isn't it? Um, yeah. Let's see. So, can I add some readers to the list after Sandra? Anyone who's joined who'd like to be on the list? Good morning. This is Donna. Yes. Alrighty. Great, Donna. Thank you. And anyone else? Hi. Hi, it's Lana. I can't read this morning, but I would so enjoy having it read again. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right. Let's do that then. Thanks, Lana. I'm glad you're here. Um, so I'll read off the list going backwards this time and see if it works out that everybody might get a different paragraph. Um, so Donna, if you'd like to start, please, with paragraph 41. Oh, you know what? Let me pause for just one second and um, comment that in that first paragraph 41, some of you might have an older edition of the book um, prior to, I think, 2012. <coughs> and your words, the first three might be, prepare you now. Uh, but the correct word there is prepare you not. Uh, and that's how it appeared in the email today, too, and also on the JCIM website. Okay, with that little preface, Donna, would you go ahead and give it, get us started for uh, paragraph 41? Okay. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 6, The Happy Dream. 41. <clears throat> Prepare you not for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood the difference between truth and illusion, the atonement would, not, would have no meaning. The holy instant, your holy relationship, the Holy Spirit's teaching, and all the means by which salvation is accomplished would have no purpose. For they are all the aspects of the plan to change your dreams of fear to happy dreams from which you waken easily to knowledge. Put yourself not in charge of this, for you cannot distinguish between advance and retreat. Some of your greatest advances you have judged as failures. And some of your deepest retreats, you have evaluated as success. Thank you, Donna. Um, then Sandra. Never approach the holy instant after you have tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. That is its function. Never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. On your little faith, joined with his understanding, he will build your part in the atonement and make sure that you fulfill it easily. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven. Nor will you use it to ascend to heaven alone. Thank you, Sandra. 
And Karen. 43. Through your holy relationship, reborn and blessed in every holy instant, which you do not arrange, thousands will rise to heaven with you. Can you plan for this? Or could you prepare yourselves for such a function? Yet it is possible because God wills it nor will he change his mind about it. The means and purpose both belong to him. You have accepted one, the other will be provided. A purpose such as this without the means is inconceivable. He will provide the means to anyone who shares his purpose. Thank you, Karen. And Judy. Yes, thank you, Lori. Happy dreams come true, not because they are dreams, but only because they are happy. And so they must be loving. Their message is, thy will be done. And not, I want it otherwise. <laughs> the alignment of means and purpose is an undertaking impossible for you to understand. You do not even realize you have accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose as your own, and you would merely bring unholy means to its accomplishment. The little faith it needed to change the purpose is all that is required to receive the means and use them. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. Thanks. Um, 45. It is no dream to love your brother as yourself, nor is your holy relationship a dream. All that remains of dreams within it is that it is still a special relationship. Yet, it is very useful to the Holy Spirit, who has a special function here. It will become the happy dream through which he can spread joy to thousands on thousands who believe that love is fear, not happiness. Let him fulfill the function that he gave to your relationship by accepting it for you, and nothing will be wanting that would make of it what he would have it be. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. When, when you feel the holiness of your, of your relationship is threatened by anything, stop instantly and offer the Holy Spirit your willingness in spite of fear to let him exchange this instant for the Holy One, which you would rather have. He will never fail in this. But forget not that your relationship is one, and so it must be that whatever threatens the peace of one is an equal threat to the other. The power of joining and its blessing lie in the fact that it is now impossible for either of you to experience fear alone or attempt to deal with it alone. Never believe 
that this is necessary or even possible. Yet just as this is impossible, so is it equally impossible that the holy incident come to either of you without the other. And it will come to both at the request of either. Thank you, Robert Marie. Uh, Lemoyne, 47, and then Fran, 48. Are you on mute, Lemoyne? Whichever is saner at the time when the threat is perceived should remember how deep is his indebtedness to the other and how much gratitude is due him and be glad that he can pay his debt by bringing happiness to both. Let him remember this and say, I desire this holy instant for myself that I may share it with my brother whom I love. It is not possible that I can have it without him, or he without me. Yet it is wholly possible for us to share it now. And so I choose this instant as the one to offer to the Holy Spirit, that his blessing may descend on us and keep us both in peace. Amen. Boy, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reading about the happy dream this morning. Thank you, everyone who read. And um, the floor is open for a bit before the top of the hour. This is Donna. I'd just like to say I'm so grateful that you read this section over again. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Lori. Good idea. Oh, me three. <laughs> Such a total peace. Um, well, you know what? I'll start off. I had uh, and, just uh, one little comment. Oh, Should please, I... go ahead, Rob Marie. Yes. Okay, so it was in, on paragraph 42. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven. I love that it said planted in instead of planted on because it it uh, becomes an inside job. Thank you. What an excellent point. Thank you so much for that. I just yeah. Thank you. I love the idea of the brilliance of God's mind, that the unicity and the grace of it and how it extends the joy and the peace through thousands. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely just so intricate and interpersonal at the same time as it covers everybody who is ready for it, ready, willing, and able. Um, Thank you. Thank you all for reading being here today. 
Thanks, Judy. Hi, it's Lana. Um, I just love the way it demonstrates, without even saying it too much, um, or if at all, about giving and receiving being one in truth. Um, you know, it's like divine logic other than our human logic. So, you know, that kind of stood out for me. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. I think there's another place where he says really uh, straightforwardly that the holy relationship is the means um, that each one learn that giving and receiving are one. I've heard it said that 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 learning is um, one of the most difficult things about the Course in Miracles. but in the holy relationship, because neither one can experience fear alone, nor can neither one experience the holy instant alone, the idea of alone uh, dissolves. The idea of alone is is uh, the whole problem of the separation. In fact, it's it's such a standout word. Um, it's, it's such an extremely standout word that were you to do a search that um, where you include in the, in the search box just the word alone, um, it staggers. It's staggering to realize uh, the extent to which the idea that I'm alone has interfered with life and love and living a life. Um, but the... I'm just going to launch right into what I wanted to say, um, mostly today, about the holy relationship. It's something it's something I feel almost every morning when I come into my office, that um, everything we do here on this call is a matter of giving and receiving. It's embedded in the very nature of dialing up to participate. And, um, and I cannot learn, um, I, mean, I tried, I, but I cannot learn the meaning of love without a subject to love. That's why God gave us to each other. And so um, my standout phrase, if I wanted to choose one today, it would be in paragraph 47. The holy answer will come to both at the request of either the Holy Instant will come to all at the request of any. My part, two steps. Number one, remember my deep debt. I can't learn love without you. I can't learn love without you. I can't learn giving and receiving love for one in truth without you. And two, remember how much gratitude is due the Son of God for that. I'm learning love that I never lost, never left. 
and my debt of gratitude is due the Son of God for that. And the essence of gratitude is love. <laughs> you know, love is the way I walk in gratitude. Gratitude, uh, he says, love is not far behind a grateful heart. And uh, and I can only learn love without fear if I'm grateful. If I do those two things and turn this situation over, whatever this situation may be, uh, we will both experience the nature of love where fear was before. So um, that's what I wanted to say this morning. And I'm so grateful, grateful, grateful to have a place to say it. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful for you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. This is Mindy. I have a question for you, Lori, before we move forward. Um, Thank you. Um, I'm wondering, there's, in 42, there's a reference to guilt and fear and hate. And I'm wondering, after I read it, if someone, Lori, I think you would be the person, could distinguish the difference between guilt, fear, and hate, or if they're completely related. Um, never approach the Holy Instant after you have tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. That is its function, the Holy Instant, removes all fear and hatred from your mind. Never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Uh, your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. So does anyone want to tackle why there were two separate statements about um, hatred and fear is the holy instance purpose to remove that? And don't overlook my guilt before I ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is the Holy Spirit's function. So I'd like to understand that better. Well, Mindy, I'm certain every one of us has a contribution to make in that regard. Uh, From the Holy Instance we've um, experienced in our lives and in our spiritual walk. Um, But maybe um, to give that uh, some space, a big question so I'm thinking to give that a little bit of space and see what comes to the surface um, it would be a good time to pause and reflect on our lesson this morning and we'll let that question rest and uh, see what arises after our lesson okay um, that's that's would be my preference right now okay. so friend yeah. All right, thank you, Lori. I'm going to turn it over thank to you. you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on review six. And today, the lesson that we are going to review is lesson, oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. One. 82, I will be still a moment and go home. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from the introduction, and then we will go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay, review six. For this review, we take but one idea each day. 
and practice it as often as possible. Besides the time we give morning and evening, which should not be less than 15 minutes, and the hourly remembrances we make throughout the day, use the idea as often as you can between them. Each of these ideas alone would be sufficient for salvation if it were learned truly. These practice sessions, like our last review, are centered around a central theme with which we start and end each lesson. It is this, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. The day begins and ends with this, and we repeat it every time the hour strikes or we remember in between we have a function that transcends the world we see. Beyond this, and a repetition of the special thought we practice for the day, no form of exercise is urged except a deep relinquishment of everything that clusters up the mind and makes it deaf to reason, sanity, and simple truth. And the last paragraph, to him I offer this review for you. I place you in his charge and let him teach you what to do and say and think each time you turn to him. He will not fail to be available to you each time you call to him to help you. Let us offer him the whole review we now begin, and let us also not forget to whom it has been given as we practice day by day, advancing toward the goal he set for us, allowing him to teach us how to go, and trusting him completely for the way each practice period can best become a loving gift of freedom to the world. Now we'll go over to our lesson and do our practice. Lesson 202. I am not a body. I am free. I am still as God created me. 182. I will be still a moment and go home. Why would I choose to stay an instant more where I do not belong when God himself has given me his voice to call me home? I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. Five minutes.
Lesson 202, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. I will be still a moment and go home. Why would I choose to stay an instant more where I do not belong when God himself has given me his voice to call me home? I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Amen. Thank you, friend. That was lovely. Thank you. The parts. Look at it again. But the parts that spoke to me the most hurt. Oh, gosh. There's a guy working on my house, so I might be surrounded by barking for a minute. But when you included the parts from paragraph 6 and 7, especially, we merely close our eyes and forget all we thought we knew and understood. For thus is freedom given us from all that we did not know and failed to understand. And then the second part, There is one exception to this lack of structure and permit no idle thoughts to go unchallenged. If you notice one, deny its hold and hasten to assure your mind that this is not what it would have. Then gently let the thought which you did didn't thought which you denied be given up in sure and quick exchange for the idea we practice for the day. Um, I think uh, to answer Mindy's question, uh, those two paragraphs are the answer. Um, when I, I want to comment on paragraph 41. He says, prepare you not, prepare you not for the undoing of what never once, never was. You don't even know that you accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose. I mean, what he's offering uh, me to realize there is that um, I have a pretty uh, <laughs> complete no lack of knowledge of anything that's going on here um, in every lesson it's an invitation to bring my illusions to the truth oh this one's so beautiful that way I will be still a moment and go home the invitation is to Notice the thoughts that rise in my mind and those that I do not want, I willingly give over. It's as though they, as he says in Course of Love, these things I need to forgive rise from the bottom of a deep pool. And when I become aware of them, all I need do is assent, give my assent for their release, give up my illusions of fear and hatred and guilt and all those other things that make me feel, uh, I'm going to say, I said things, I meant thoughts, 
all those other thoughts that cause me to feel that God is somewhere else other than right here where I am in my heart. Those are the things, those thoughts that comprise, um, how do I say, um, they're the foundation stones. These illusions are the seeming foundation stones that are totally elusive. Later on, he describes it as the cloud bank. And I can rise above that cloud bank when I'm willing to let these illusions go into the quiet. The difference, if I try to say, uh, I acknowledge I'm guilty, Father. I'm, I'm making guilt real, you see. I, I can't say, oh, I understand you've told me I'm holy in spite of the fact that I feel guilt. No, it goes the other way. I need let these illusions of fear and guilt and hatred uh, be released. And in the quiet of every single lesson, there's an invitation to release my illusions to the truth and let truth correct all errors in my mind. That's the Holy Spirit's function. Even when we get to the, um, after these 20 days, this review, we'll get to what is forgiveness. And it says simply that forgiveness looks and waits and judges not. And then let the Holy Spirit tell you what to do. Um, if I think that uh, I need to muster or come up with some forgiveness of an error that my mind has made real, uh, I can attest to the fact that that's a peculiar and particular and specific kind of suffering. Um, because if my mind makes it real, uh, then it feels like it's up to my mind to make it unreal. And I can't do that. All I can do is acknowledge the fact that uh, I have this belief in someone or my own guilt, and I need to let forgiveness show me what to do. That's the only way I can learn that uh, truth will correct this illusion. I can't bring truth to illusion. I must bring my illusions of fear, guilt, and hatred to the truth. And then let Holy Spirit show me. That's the way I prepare not for the undoing of what never was. I accept this purpose of holiness. I would like to remember that I am the Son of God, healed and whole and complete, shining in the reflection of His love. And that memory will return to me as I allow my illusions to be corrected. And um, and that would be um, what I can offer you, Mindy. My part is to offer willingness and let my trust, my trust in the valuable peace, um, direct my course. And the Holy Spirit will never fail. I'm complete. Oh, I love that, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, this is Lana. Uh, and I just, that was just so beautiful, Laurie. Um, 
when I looked within <clears throat> um, a few moments ago, I found that, um, you know, Jesus uses uh, generalization a lot in in clumping together, you know, what is real and what is not, you know, what is truth and what is illusion. And um, and this this paragraph where he seems to single out guilt and hate, um, you know, he could have given us a laundry list of all the specific types of pain, both physically and emotional, we would come to him for healing. Um, because the solution is very singular. It's returning my mind to God. It's coming to God with my willingness to um, bring anything that is unlike love, unlike peace, unlike joy and happiness, anything that um, would disturb my peace, including fear and hate, I bring to God with my willingness, and he provides the remedy. I don't need, you know, I don't even need to mention what's going on in my mind or what I've interpreted to be going on in my mind um, and heart that's disrupting my peace because Holy Spirit knows it's all a lie, regardless of how the ego might gift wrap fear. It always comes down to fear and love. Um, and, and any attribute of fear is the effect of a thought or a belief, um, any type of lack of love. So, um, if there is lack of love, the remedy for it is love. It uh, brings it back to uh, the truth of who I am and who God is and who all my brothers are. Um, it's, uh, it's a joining in truth rather than a joining in illusions. So... Um, you know, like I said, he singles out hate and, and guilt, but he could have put in anger and sickness, whatever malady is showing up in my experience that's not loving and peaceful is a lie. So my job is, is only to see it as that is to see that this is not peace, this is not love, so it can't be real. So I don't try to heal it myself. I don't try to figure it out myself. I don't give it any meaning. I just stop. And in that pause, I bring my full focus and attention back to God, and God picks up the ball and and takes it from there. He's, his function through Holy Spirit is to undo any lack of love that's in my mind. And, uh, and, and really, once that's undone, um, love naturally appears because it was always there. 
uh, it was just hidden from my sight. It was hidden by my false beliefs in things like hatred or guilt or sickness or anger or whatever. Um, it was just my belief that they were real and love was not. So he does the flip. <laughs> he brings the shift in my perception that restores my sanity by removing the blocks to my awareness of love. I don't have to do anything. In fact, I must do nothing in order for God through Holy Spirit to fulfill its function for me. And, you know, for me, that's the most, that was the most challenging thing to to recognize um, that it's done for me, not by me. In the miracle principle, it refers to purification must happen first, but I think in somewhere in this chapter it says this purification is done by God for me, you know. So um, it's so little that we do, um, that we're called to do, that we think that it's impossible. But it's just that so little that brings us so much. So I'm complete. Thanks for the question, Mindy. Oh, thanks for your answer, Lana. That was so... Thank you. So Hi, Karen. I had a few... Can I... Uh, this is Lemoyne. Uh, so Karen, did you want to speak? Yeah, I was going to. Um, um, can I go ahead? Because I'm, I'm in a spot. I'm walking and... I'm in a spot with shade and out of the wind, <laughs> and I want to keep walking. And it's quick. I, I think that was an excellent question, Mindy. There is a distinction there, right, between what is the function of the Holy Instant and what's the function of the Holy Spirit, right? I think is what kind of what you're getting at. Why fear and hatred are that the Holy Instant suffices, and I think that those are present moment experiences uh, if you know when I mean you can carry hate around but the actual hatred exercising it is a present moment thing and you know you can change it with um, uh, in various ways just by personal interaction with someone else and agreeing to set it down or notice looking through the through the hatred and seeing the person, whatever it is, like that. And so the holy instant can suffice. But guilt is different, I think. Guilt is something that we would, we, you know, I, I may speak from where I feel guilty. I feel guilty and uh, about the way certain relationships have gone in family. I'll just say that with my kids. Right, so I have this guilt. I don't necessarily feel it, but I feel stuck to something that's equivalent. And what is required there is a change of mind about myself to let it go. Because the guilt can sit there and generate fear after fear after fear. So I think there's, there's something of that distinction. I think Lana is correct 
in the sense that it's all of God. All the purification is simply rejoining the whole. But there is a distinction there between the Holy Instant and the Holy Spirit. And I think it's that thing of changing the mind to to un, to uh, align with the reality of who we are, which has never changed, which guilt would say, I have changed, but in reality has not changed. So this is, this is the Holy Spirit in a, and potentially a more lasting effect than the holy instant. Um, oh, anyway, thank you. I'm complete yeah. with that. Thank you, Karen. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You know, you said something there that uh, I'm wondering if it was um, a complete thought, but you said, like, the holy instant, the whole purpose of the holy instant is to get rid of hatred and fear. And that's something I might be feeling in the moment. And with a particular situation, a particular person, the Holy Instant brings me to um, true nature and their true nature and our true relationship with the love. And even the circumstance, um, which may look threatening um, to the body, in reality, it has no threat at all to who I am, who the other person is. But, but it did say something that made me think a Holy Instant is for what's happening in the present, hatred and fear. Guilt is that what we have not done <laughs> it represents the past, and um, it is sort of um, something from the past. And the Holy Spirit, who, in my opinion, is where the Holy Instant comes from, the Holy Spirit is more all-encompassing, and instead of just dealing with the moment, can look into our past, see what I'm feeling guilt about. Now, hatred and fear does create guilt, and guilt creates hatred and fear, so it's a little bit circular. But possibly the Holy Spirit's ability to look into the past and to undo our errors of, of thinking about that we've actually harmed someone might have to do with letting go of guilt. So that's my best thinking about the distinction between the two. And thank you, Lemoyne. You had a lot of good points there. I guess the only thing I'm still looking at is what is the difference between fear and hatred and guilt and what causes which, and I'm not sure if it matters, but um, that's still something I have a question mark about. Karen, did you want to go and then I'll go after you? Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lemoyne. I loved loved your share so much, and Lana. Also, I think um, you know there are different different ways, different lights to look at the same problem. You know, under different lighting. Um, for me, I was thinking uh, during when you went to meditate, I got a phone call, and it's you know another negative crisis phone call and. I mean, it's just like an infinite amount of negative phone calls. And the fear and the hatred come right up. But it's about, it's about um, the holy instant shifts my perception right away. It shifts me into realizing 
I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this problem. I call on God. You know, I shift my awareness. Okay, this is a this is over my head, and I shift my awareness. That's the shift into the um, the holy instant. You know, I stop thinking. I stop operating from what what I would call like um, habit energy or automatic pilot. I have to shift, and then I have to call on the Holy Spirit because it's not enough to just shift my perception into like, oh, no, this isn't real. What's going on? It's more than that. It's like I need help. I need help. I'm going to shut up and and listen, and I did that. And so I stopped trying to solve the problem. (laughs) The problem's coming at me, you know, 100 miles an hour. And first I started to try to say something, but it was rejected, and I should have known anyway it would be rejected because, you know, it was an opportunity to shift perception into the holy, holy instant. So I shut up, and I just listened and gave my presence to the situation and asked the Holy Spirit to respond through me. And it did. And it didn't even matter what I said. It didn't matter what I said because the person wasn't open to hearing anything anyway. They didn't want my my solution. They more or less wanted to vent about the problem. It wasn't even that they were asking for any help. But shifting to the holy instant, which means just shifting out of my head and out of, like, my ego's habit energy to respond and then offering it on the inner altar to the Holy Spirit to deal with means I stop thinking, I stop trying to process it, I stop trying to respond. If I responded, if I didn't ask the Holy Spirit to take over, then I would have responded from my past associations. Even if I was trying to be mindful and aware I would have been responding from, you know, the part of me that that has that finds the answers by thinking through the past. And like you said, Mindy, the past is where the guilt is. The um, holy instant is where we panic and we feel fearful and we just get chaotic and we lose our center. But then when we try to figure it out ourselves, we're always going into the past to try to find the answers. But when we stop everything and give it to the Holy Spirit, then we respond from a totally different place. It's beyond us. And it's not in the guilt of our past. Anyway, um, thank you for the call, and thank you, everyone, for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, I'm so glad you brought the nature of time into it. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was that was great work. I could really thank appreciate you. that. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Karen. Oh. Morning, this is Sandra. And what keeps coming out for me is why would I choose to stay an instant more where I do not belong? And why would I choose to stay in my anger, my fear, my resentment? That's not where I belong. And I'm given a way out. And Karen, you just 
You expressed it so beautifully. My way out is the Holy Spirit. And to, and to bring myself back into the truth of who I am. Because when I feel threatened by some kind of outside circumstances or when I feel a, a loved one is being threatened, I, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> I've forgotten who I am. I've forgotten who the loved one is. I've forgotten everything when God himself has given me his voice, call me home. And here's some of the things that I do on a daily basis so that I can remember God's voice. So I have some some situations and some beings that I have still some anger and resentment towards. And so I say this on a daily basis. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognize that we will be released together. That is a profound, wonderful prayer And I keep saying it. The other one is, you are one self with me, united with our creator in this self. I honor you because of what I am and what he is, who loves us both as one. So that just reminds me of the equanimity that there is no love but God's. And God loves, there is, God doesn't judge. God doesn't experience what we experience because we've uh, created an ego. And so my choice, my freedom lies in aligning with the truth of God, the truth of who I am. And it's much easier for me to do that when I don't identify with being a body, when I can identify with being spirit. That makes it a whole lot easier. When I'm identified with my body or I'm identified with another loved one's body, it it just gets all messed up. So these lessons, as, as challenging as they may be to the ego, are the only way out that I can see. I'm complete. I'm so grateful you brought those two prayers, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. This is Jessica. I have a um, question about um, maybe I just need. I could probably just spend some time with it by myself. But in paragraph forty-three, it says, "Through your holy relationship, reborn and blessed in every holy instant which you do not arrange, thousands will rise to heaven with you." 
Wait a minute. Is that the paragraph? Oh, gosh. I don't think that's the one I meant. Um, there's one where he says... Um, okay, here it is. Sorry. It's paragraph 45. It is no dream to love your brother as yourself, nor is your holy relationship a dream. All that remains of dreams within it is that it is still a special relationship. So that's a little confusing to me. Um, My holy relationship is not a dream, and all that remains of dreams within it is that it's still a special relationship. Could somebody please uh, help me out with that? Thank you. Uh, Jessica, I read that paragraph is all that remains of it is still that it's an exclusive relationship. Um, and there's there's a quote for that. I can't remember what it is right now. Uh, but when I use the word exclusive, um, it helps me understand the phrase thousands will rise with you. And... Um, Let's see, I think it's in chapter 17 where he talks about how the special relationship becomes a holy relationship. And uh, there's a transition when the special relationship, you remember, was with a special person, with a special purpose, based out of the belief that I'm not complete unless I take from my brother. That's the encapsulation of the original goal of the special relationship. Suddenly, the relationship is changed when I realize that I have given this relationship to the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, uh, the former goal of the relationship doesn't work anymore, and this new goal of complete inclusivity is something the Holy Spirit has accepted on behalf of me. He says that in this reading. Um, let him, in paragraph 45, let him fulfill his function in your relationship by accepting it for you. I've given the whole thing. I mean, I've given it all uh, to the Holy Spirit, this relationship, uh, believing it's God's gift to me. But originally, uh, its purpose was for something entirely different, taking an exclusivity. Over the course of releasing my beliefs about this relationship, it becomes a holy relationship in which it's no longer exclusive at all. It's like it becomes a table of grace where everything and everyone is welcomed and everyone goes away happy. Uh, It serves a function much larger than I originally uh, thought that this relationship was for. And... um, as it develops, he talks about that, as the goal is changed, as it develops and is strengthened and becomes what the Holy Spirit can use, um, every step along the way of that transition uh, is carried out by the Holy Spirit as a consequence of my willingness to accept the means because I gave it to him and accepted his purpose. Um, In a nutshell, I would say I didn't understand at the beginning of this relationship what love is. 
but over the course of releasing my ideas of love and letting them be replaced by the Holy Spirit's idea of love. It's a happy discovery that the relationship becomes a home uh, and a table of grace where everyone and everything is welcomed and somehow the relationship is used to serve a purpose much larger than I could have ever imagined. And it's one of those things, um, Lana talked the other day about looking back at uh, changes over the course of time. It's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I can, I can, in this holy relationship that I have in which I live uh, and share everything, um, it was definitely one thing at the beginning, and, it, and it's nothing like that anymore. Uh, and there are benchmarks along the way that I can see over the course of time. Oh, this would have been uh, an opportunity had the ego used it for exclusivity and a tightening of limits in the relationship and a separation of the relationship from the whole. But instead, the Holy Spirit used it as something that became a blessing for me, for the person with whom I share the relationship, as well as a third person. Um, in the section of entering the ark, he talks about the ark is entered two by two when we accept the goal of peace. And suddenly the goal of peace becomes larger than anything I could have imagined. And miracles are born in the holy relationship when the love that we share is extended. It's a vehicle for God to extend himself into creation, um, all by virtue of the fact that we accept the idea that means are and end are one. We accept the purpose. The Holy Spirit provides the means and is able to use the relationship as a way to extend holiness in a frame much larger than uh, we could have ever seen from the outset. It becomes a mean for, for healing. You know, he says the miracle extends by itself, but you are needed that it can begin. And when we accept the purpose that the Holy Spirit has given the relationship by giving it to him, love becomes extended in ways that could never have been foreseen um, and turn out to be a blessing. Uh, oh my goodness, to thousands. Another way to, to set this in perspective would be the perspective of Indra's net. When I accept the holiness of my brothers beside each one of you is one who offers you the chalice of atonement. I can't learn forgiveness or love without that. When I extend forgiveness and, it's, and my forgiveness is complete, it becomes a table of grace. All I need to do is realize I turn this over to the Holy Spirit to use for his purposes and trust that his purposes are so much bigger than I could have imagined. I don't know if that answered anything, but that's my experience. I'm complete. Mm, thank you so much, Laurie. Yeah, thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. That was wonderful. Yeah, thank you. You know, Jessica, um, 
I just wanted uh, Oh, go ahead. If you weren't done, uh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I just wanted to um, add that one of the things that helps me discern what is illusion and what is not, you know, is is um, is that truth is always true. So when uh, you asked the question about um, special relationships or our relation, our holy relationships are no illusion. Um, I, I, my mind goes back to that. You know, it's it's like our perceptions don't change reality. Our perceptions can distort and hide the truth, but the truth always remains there. And our relationships were created holy, and they're and they remain holy for all eternity. Yet, our when we the the illusion is the specialness we overlay upon the holiness, which distorts and hides it. So the relationship itself has been and will always be holy. Uh, the only thing I'm letting go of and healing and forgiving is all the crap I've put on top of it or added to it that hides its holiness that hides its reality and distorts it. So uh, that's, you know, for me, that's just a, a simple way I can um, turn to to um, discern illusions from reality. You know, I asked Jesus one time, and I think I've shared this before, I asked him, is the world real? And he told me that a more important question to ask is, what is my relationship with the world? Is that holy? Is 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 that distorted, or is it one of fear or love? Because um, that's where the illusions come in. On you know, not so much what I'm seeing, but how I'm seeing it. Not what I'm experiencing but how I'm experiencing it. So um, truth is always holy. And our relationship, Jessica, and our relationship with everyone on this call and everyone in, in the world is holy and true and real. And only the idea, only the belief in something different can make it seem so. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank Anna. you. That was definitely helpful. Good morning, Mrs. Sandra. <clears throat> and my understanding is that all anger and resentment and rage <laughs> is due to unmet needs. So... Um, I was programmed to think that others were supposed to meet my needs. First of all, my mother, my father. Well, they didn't. And I was pretty angry about that. Sad, angry, I became a victim, the whole thing. Which was me 
crucifying myself <laughs> because that's that's not where I want to live. I don't want to live in that place of being a victim and being angry and resentful all the time. That's not the energy I want to put out onto the planet. And so it's I had to learn a couple of new things. One is that I am responsible to meet my needs. But sometimes I can't. I got to have others. I got to have support to do that. That's because being in, having a body experience uh, I'm a little bit limited. <laughs> um spiritually I'm not limited and if I'm having a body experience and I need support and I ask somebody for support, and they're not capable of giving it to me, nor maybe they don't even want to give it to me. I can go back to all of creation. And either I can give it to myself, number one, because I am capable of meeting my needs, but if I'm not capable or if I don't want to, I can ask for help. And if that person is not capable or doesn't want to, there's 500 more possibility that it's just limitless more than 500 there's there's limited possibilities of how I can meet my needs or how I can um, um, ask another enroll another to help me meet my needs and if that person can't or doesn't want to I can enroll another until until there's a good fit and I can, and the first and foremost thing that I got to do before I get any of that started is turn it over to the Holy Spirit and ask to be guided. And the reason I turn it over to the Holy Spirit is to let go of the resentment and the anger that my needs aren't getting met. Because once I turn it over, I trust and have faith that my needs will be met and and I will be guided as to how to do that or the right people will come to help me with that. And, that, and then it becomes this beautiful creation and, this, and, and synchronicity. I'm complete. Oh, that was so lovely. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Um, good morning. It's Mindy again. So um, I was wondering, um, I know that there were two other people who wanted to speak, and I thought the other one besides um, Karen was Fran, and I wanted to find out if she still wanted to speak before I uh, shared something again. Well, um Lori, did Fran leave the call? Uh, actually, she did. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. I want to apologize for you know being interrupted today. It's it's my experience that if I hang back and let everybody say thank you, someone will always you know start in when I hang up and or when I you know when I hang out and sometimes I just really want to share. So I do want to apologize if I you know stepped on someone else who wanted to talk. It's just um. Um, when I hesitate, I lose my chance. <laughs> so hopefully you'll forgive me. But um, yeah, and thank you, Sandra, for that. And um, that was that was really wonderful. You, I didn't realize how much my parents didn't meet my needs. I, on an intellectual basis, I, I I got it. But when you just said that, I realized, um, wow, you know, that is the truth. And I got some self concepts out of that that do not reflect my true nature, my true beauty, my true worthiness of, of receiving, you know, of living the happy dream, which cannot happen unless I'm open to God, unless I am willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit or the Holy Instant take away my fear, my hatred, let the Holy, um, the Holy Spirit itself remove guilt and it is amazing how um, I've held on to that anger and to that fear and how much guilt it's produced. So thanks for sharing. I always appreciate how real you are about the circumstances in your life and how you hold yourself and and how you relate our humanness to this course and, and combine it together in a way that um, it takes the best of psychology, the best of spirituality and just puts it out there in a way that's really identifiable. So I want to thank you for that, Sandra. You're always very brave in sharing your stuff, and it really helps. So thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Mindy. Is that you, Judy? Yes, thank you, Lori. Um, I'll wait until the after call. I have a number of things I'd like to um, affirm as truth in my mind and um, the loveliness of the text today and how it how it absolutely gelled with the lesson for me today in a new and fresh way. Um, the peace is always new and fresh and um, the my realization of where I am at home has nothing to do with uh, any localized place or time in space and um, a couple of other things I'd joyfully share with anyone who's willing to, to stay in the after call with us. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Judy. Well, I guess it's time to end our recording. And um, what a valuable bunch of shares today. And, it, you know, there's a flowering going on. And there's an expansion of consciousness going on. And when I start to realize that my brother carries miracles for me, 
I start looking at life altogether differently. And there's a beautiful thing that happens. And Lana, I was just so happy to hear you use the word flip. When forgiveness lights what I see, everything that was there beyond the veil, everything that was there beneath the veil that I laid over it is revealed to me. And the most marvelous thing of all in this flowering is that my brother carries my miracles. And unbeknownst to me, I carry miracles for my brother. And um, it's the impersonal nature of healing that uh, allows Christ to operate that way in this flowering. I have no idea of all that occurs in this dream we share uh, as a consequence of how we uh, show ourselves to each other in this call. But I have no doubt at all that Holy Spirit uses everything that happens here on this call and the relationship we share with each other in ways that none of us could have foreseen. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other relationships that um, I watch, uh, where unbeknownst to the two that seem to be involved, they each carry a miracle for each other. And when I allow forgiveness to light my mind, this is how uh, miracles become operational and extend you know it's our job to be in the place where the miracle can begin and it's the Holy Spirit's function uh, to use that for his purposes the message of the holy relationship is thy will be done and when I give my heart and mind to that purpose um, it's just like he says at the end of chapter 13 it's not hard to do your will the Holy Spirit tells you what it is and then he does it for you probably the best word um, that applies to how all that happens is natural uh, I have a natural way of being um, in the world that allows um, the light I carry to extend itself and all of that is a function of the light and um, and because of the light we carry each other's miracles so I, I wanted to close um, I think with with this little piece uh, from Moji what great fortune that in this life your heart beats for capital T truth alone no matter how many times the mind attacks you're not good enough not ready not worthy ignore it don't succumb to this serpent voice you must overcome it you must remind yourself this life is for freedom I am free not that you are choosing to be free you cannot avoid being free now 
God cannot deny the request of the heart. What a blessing to carry this message today. Amen, and thank you all for joining every day and allowing Holy Spirit to work. It's, um, It's a beautiful thing we do.